Hello and welcome to the show Unbossed. I am your host Nina Turner. And before I forget, let me give a big thanks to Adrian for holding it down for a sister. I really do appreciate her and all the co-hosts that were here in my brief absence. But I am back and do you know who I'm back with? The one and only Sharon Reed is in the house. And Sharon is a TYT sports contributor, who better to do the sports than Sharon? Sharon, I'm so glad that you're here with me today. Anything in the sports world that we should be aware of? Well, you know, I did see that Dwayne Wade and Grant Hill are being considered by the Democratic Party to run against Senator Scott. I don't know if it's going to happen, oh, uh, Senator Turner, but I know they won't talk about werewolves and vampires. How about that? <laughs> okay, if they do run, they won't talk about that. And, and fake police badges or sheriff oh, badges yeah. or whatever. Remember that? <laughs> he still believes he's really law enforcement, doesn't he? He still believes yes. Wow, oh somebody not on his door and let him know. That would be quite interesting. I'm kind of hoping that that comes true and we'll make it 2024 a little more spicy. Yes, lots of yeah. spice. Yeah, a little spice, we need that. All <laughs> right, we're going right to our first story. And first up is another senator, it is Senator Dianne Feinstein. She returns, someone called the police. I really do believe some elder abuse is going on. I'm being serious about that. Senator Diane Feinstein made her return to Washington, which you can see right here. And as we can see, she's coming out of the car. You know, they got the wheel, they pulled up the wheelchair. Can you believe that? I mean, don't have me calling on Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, but I just did that right there. I mean, the 89-year-old Senator Feinstein was suffering from a case of the shingles and was being treated in the hospital in San Francisco, California. Now, we know that she's been gone for quite a while. I want to remind you that she last voted in the Senate in February. Yeah, and there have been some pretty important votes to come through the Senate committee that she sits on, mainly judicial appointments. And she has missed quite a few votes. How many votes did Senator Feinstein miss since February the 16th? I'm so glad you asked that. She missed 91 floor votes, and that is not counting the votes in committee because there are these things in the Congress called committees, just as in state legislatures. And you have to sit on the various committees. That means your voice is needed on these committees, like the Judiciary Committee of which she missed. And her absence has spurred calls for her to resign. Like the one that Congressman Ro Khanna, you might remember, he said this. But it has become painfully obvious to many of us in California that she is no longer able to fulfill her duties. She doesn't have a clear return date. We haven't been able to confirm judges at a time where women's rights and voting rights are under assault. The time has come for her to gracefully step down and have a dignified end to a very distinguished political career. A dignified end to a very distinguished career. I do agree with Congressman Ro Khanna on that. Now, Democrats openly complained that her lengthy absence was compromising the Democratic agenda. It was only some people like Congressman Ro Khanna who had the courage to say the quiet part out loud, which included that those missing votes, slowing the push to confirm. President Biden's judicial nominees. Now last month, facing pressure over her extended absence, Feinstein made the unusual request to be temporarily replaced on the Judiciary Committee. At the time, she said her recovery had been delayed because of complications and provided no date for her return. Republicans in the closely divided chamber rejected the request, surprise, 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 saying Democrats only wanted a stand in to push through Biden's most partisan judicial nominations. You think, I mean, this is how this goes. Sharon, I mean, I, 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 the, the Republicans said it. Their response makes no sense because they would have done the same thing. That's this is just normal order of business, what they complaining about. But your thoughts about the fact that the senator is now back, we're gonna get a little deeper in this, and that there were very few members of Congress who had the courage to say, come on, Senator, let's wrap it up. We all see it, right? 
It's like that commercial, we all see it. And it is very, very sad to me because she's propped up, Senator. Her skin tone was gray, looked like she had heavy makeup. And I'm not proud of this, but the first thought that popped into my mind because she's alive. But yes. it was Queen Elizabeth and remember the last appearance and her hands and everything looked, you know, very, very um, well trauma filled. This yeah. was traumatic to see this and not necessary. There comes a time where you can be the captain of your goodbye, your next chapter. And um, she has chosen at some point not to do that. Yeah, no, she is very much in control and it is very scary. I mean, I looked at that and how they had to will her in and it just doesn't make sense. Especially since someone to remind you, she says she's not even running for reelection. As we know, there are people already vying for the seat and there's no need to continue to go this way. Your point sharing is she could be the captain of her own Exit strategy. It really sure. marries very well with what Congressman Rokana said. A, a storied career. That doesn't mean I agree with everything she's done, but definitely she has distinguished, he said, distinguished career. And she can exit for the people of her state and also the people of this country. Now, now that she is back, she said she's going to be working a lighter schedule. That's what she said, even though I've made significant progress and was able to return to Washington, I'm still experiencing some side effects from shingles from the shingles virus. My doctors have advised me to work a lighter schedule as I return to the Senate. I'm hopeful those issues will subside as I continue to recover. What in the name of God? Now, I, this, this just don't make sense. I mean, really, at, at a certain point, you gotta say that some of these people are being selfish. And she ain't the only one. I mean, I can say that about the presidential race, but I digressed a little bit. This is just plain selfishness. And it's very clear to see that she is no longer fit to serve. That does not mean she has not done things. You know, she's 89. It is time to like, come on, baby, pass the baton a little bit. It's even more clear that Democrats are keeping her around as a warm body to hold the majority. And that's why I opened this up with 911, what's your emergency? Elder abuse is the emergency. Hello, send help. And I mean quick. This is a damn shame. Now this ain't the first time this happened, but I'm all oh chance. I'm all off script. I'm, let me let me let me get back. Let me get back. This is so this is elder abuse. And some folks are even comparing it to what the Republicans did, because they ain't got clean hands. They rarely do. Strom, what they did with Senator Strom Thurmond. Who was the former governor of South Carolina, a segregationist personified. But check out this tweet right here by Dr. Thrasher, how it started, how it's going. Whether it's Strom Thurmond at 99 or Dianne Feinstein at 89, these people plus the, those who own them, go ahead on Dr. Thrasher, should not be setting the bar that the rest of us ought to be greeters at Walmarts. In our final years, our lives have meaning without working. I mean, Dr. Thrasher laid that out there really, really strong. So, you know, I don't know, Sharon. I mean, how did we let this get this bad? And I'm using us very generically. Yeah. What's the solution? Well, when you treat these offices as if you are a royal, okay, let's go back across the pond. That's what's going on here. If if life and society and government works the way it's supposed to, there's supposed to be an influx of new energy and new ideas and heir apparents. And I use the word heir, but I mean the people should decide that, okay? Why not let someone else step up and infuse the party, the democracy? Instead of going out like this, why are you going out like this? It's not necessary. And I agree with you. She didn't look like she wanted to be there. And I'm not buying that it's just shingles, although I've never had it. My mother has. There's something going on here, and she's almost 90. In a few weeks, Senator, she'll be 90. And that's okay. That's you don't okay. have to do this. No, she does not. And definitely, she's positioned financially, for God's sakes, for sure. sure. You know, you and I know a lot of people in their <laughs> 70s, 80s, and 90s in the hoods where they misunderstood all over this country, rural, urban, or suburban, who are not set up 
in the same way that she is. She can afford it on many levels, both socially and politically and economically, where most elders would not be able to exit gracefully or with their stature in place. I mean, she that Anyway, we gonna keep you guys posted. I just know very few jobs in America, the average Americans work where you can do this, where you can be gone since February, then you come back and say you're gonna work a light load. I do agree with Sharon, it has to be more than shingles here. But my my cracker Jack box field, I'm dating myself. I don't know, I know I know Gen Xers know what I'm talking about with the cracker Jack box with the prize. My, my cracker Jack box or cracker Jill box PAMD. You know, I don't know if, if, if this is just, but I'm gonna take Sharon's word for it because her mother, she's been around somebody that has shingles, that this is a little more than that. For the love of the country and the citizens of the great state of California, Senator Dianne Feinstein, you have served your due, you have, you have done that. It is time, you are the captain of your ship. Baby, don't, don't, don't go out like this, please, please, Senator. Don't do it. All right, let me go to my home state of Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. You know, y'all, I talk a lot of trash about other people's states. I do. I mean, I call out these GOP-led legislatures in other states, whether it's Mississippi or Alabama. I even call out the neoliberal Democrats as well. But now I got the rest on my own state, OH. I-O, and I don't mean that in a positive way. The GOP cowards of my home state, they are at it again. They are working overtime to strip the rights of voters to put matters before the people by ballot initiative. And when I am saying this, I mean all Ohioans. And it don't matter if you're a little red, a little blue, a little country, a little rock and roll, a little R&B or a little gospel. I'm talking about all Ohioans. So that's even if some people who, who rock with the Republicans wanted to put a ballot initiative, an initiative on the ballot, they gonna have a hard, a harder time too. Because what these mofos and the GOP in the great state of Ohio are doing. Ohioans are fighting back hard though. I want to thank former Ohio Democratic Party Chairman David Pepper, who we serve side by side for the video you are about to see. Take a look. That's it, baby. Whose house? Our house. You see them people flooding that daggone legislature like that. Chair, I know you remember Senate Bill 5. I have not seen that place so full since we fought against Senate Bill 5 in 2011 when the Republicans tried to take away collective bargaining rights in the great state of Ohio. And if the, the resolution that these folks have passed was the order of the day, where you gotta have a 60, you gotta have a super majority mm-hmm. threshold to be able to bring something to the ballot. Senate Bill 5 may have not been overturned, but I don't remember the, the, the nah. legislature being that charged since pushing back on making Ohio a right to work state. Yeah, I thought you played the wrong video. I thought that was uh, the Michigan was in town to play the Buckeyes. Okay, I thought that was. <laughs> Buckeye football right there and the crowd was all fired up because you're right. And that's what it's gonna take. The people are gonna have to continue to fill the galleyway there. They're gonna have to continue to show up and be really loud, like super loud, okay? Make them pass something to kick them out of there, which I I don't doubt that, that this is who they are, that they'll try that next. But this is a, it's a sad, but that, that scene makes me proud because I have fond memories of Ohio too. And the fight is there, Senator, but it's gonna take all of it. All of it, all of it, all of it. And I just, you know, what is wrong with these fools? The push for, you know, passing a resolution that they're gonna put on the ballot for the people to vote, to have, to vote on whether or not there should be a supermajority for the people to be able to put an initiative on the ballot. And this is a Republican controlled Ohio legislature in both chambers. I want to be very clear, they have super, super, super duper majorities, more super than when I was there, that's what it is. And what they are doing is undemocratic and it hurts all Ohioans regardless of political affiliation. It is an attempt to weaken the rights of 
Ohio voters. So Ohioans have the power right now in this state of direct democracy in three ways. Through citizen led constitutional amendments, initiated statutes and referenda. Only Ohioans and citizens in 14 other states possess these tools to check the power of state government. As lawmakers fall more out of step with the will of everyday voters, tools like this become more precious and their defense more important. That is coming from OhioCitizens.org, they are absolutely right. Again, the example that I share with you today is from 2011, I was dead center in the Ohio Senate at that time. And the Republican controlled legislature, they didn't have as super of a majority as they have now, but it was super, it wasn't super, super. Pass legislation to take away collective bargaining rights of some workers in the great state of Ohio. And the people had the power of referenda and was able to get that thing on the ballot. And although the majority of Ohio's workers are not in a union, the majority of Ohio workers stood with union workers to say that they should have the power and they rejected Senate Bill 5. Imagine what would have happened. So this is what these Republicans do. They cowards. So if they can't win straight up, they want to change the rules of the game. And this is what it is. And let me tell you what the irony is. And the irony is that the amendment asked Ohio voters to approve by a simple majority a rule to require a supermajority of all future ballot initiatives. WTF on that. Y'all heard me right. These fools gonna put this on the ballot. And a simple majority can approve this thing, which I hope Ohio voters reject. To make it so a supermajority to be able to put anything else on the ballot. You can't even make this foolishness up. Take a look at this picture right here from Ethan Nichols. H HJR1 is um democratic, baby. Now those are the people all across the state of Ohio letting it be known with that sign. Now Ohio lawmakers vote to set August 8th election for controversial 60% constitutional amendment proposal. This is what they doing in real time in our state, Sharon. I'm gonna continue to say our state because you're gonna forever be an Ohioan as far as I'm concerned. Now I love it. I know Ohio taught me well, Senator, but you know, when you break it all the way down like you did in such simple terms, it really does sound even more ignorant. It really does. And what people need to understand, and I think they do, they're getting it. Special interest, baby. Here yes, it is. <laughs> Special interest. Just follow the money. Follow the money and who's aligned with it and willing to forgive all their morals and just, just go and sell you out. But that's what's happening, trying to sell out the good people of Ohio. Don't let them do it. Don't let them do it. Now, Republican state lawmakers voted to set an August 8th election in which Ohio voters will decide whether it should be harder for citizens to make future changes to the state constitutional proposal intended to spoil a potential abortion rights ballot issue that could come later this year. And again, Ohioans, this is not about whether or not you pro pro-choice or pro-life. This is about any issue that a citizen in the great state of Ohio may want to put on the ballot. Whether I agree with it or not, they should have the right to put it there. And it should be based on a simple majority and not a super majority. But these simple minded fools, these simple minded cowards, they are anti-democratic and baby, they anti-freedom. Isn't that something that the party that touts freedom and less government have the pure unadulterated gall to pass resolutions like this and to put this thing on the ballot. Now the Ohio House voted Senate Joint Resolution 2 on Wednesday by a 62 to 37 vote. The yes votes all came from Republicans while five Republicans, and I'ma shout y'all out Republicans that did the right thing. Representative Jamie Callender, Jay Edwards, Brett Hillier, Jeff Lurie, and Tom Patterson. Join minority Democrats in voting no. And I served in the Senate with then Senator Tom Patton. He's over in the House right now. But those Republicans, the five Republicans that stood up and did the right thing in Ohio, thank you. You did the right thing on this one, and you need to be thanked for that. Now, the Republican dominated Ohio Senate passed the measure shortly afterwards, 26 to 7, on a party line vote. Now, y'all see that number seven there? Keep it up now. Y'all see the number seven? You hear me say the word, the, the word number seven. That means there are 26 
Republicans and seven flipping Democratic senators in the Ohio Senate. They don't even need Democrats to show up for a quorum. They they can they can just run the thing without Democrats. But there we go. The vote set up what will be a heated summer election. You daggone right, it's gonna be heated. And I want to know Sister Turner gonna be right out there with it. A typically sleepy time in the election calendar that could be the first round in deciding whether abortion should have brought. A broad, difficult to undo legal protections throughout Ohio. Sister Turner gonna beat C. Shannon. They, they, they probably didn't want to unleash the Kraken, but now y'all have unleashed the Kraken. I will be out there this summer helping to convince Ohio voters to not allow the legislature to do this, to run roughshod over the people. Now these Republicans, they're cowards, and we're gonna keep on fighting back. Let's put this up by former Ohio. Democratic Party Chairman David Pepper, who's right out there in this thing, spread this everywhere. Vote no in August, one person, one vote. That is it. That's how we roll in chair. We're gonna do this thing. And I, I do believe that if we can get the message out strong enough, that Ohio voters will come through yet again and buck against the Republican dominated legislature. Cause Sharon, they wrong on this all day long. And this yeah, has nothing to do with abortion rights, right? This is just pure adulterated power grab. I agree with you, but it is gonna be a long, hot summer, Senator Turner. And check on your friends, Representative Patton, Tom Patton. You might wanna check on your friends, okay? Keep, keep close watch over them because these people will stop at nothing. Check on your friends. That is so true. I am. I'm gonna call my friend and, and thank him, and, and I will check on him. That is such great advice. All right, let all that you have heard from Sharon and myself let that marinate. We're gonna take a break. We'll be right back after this. And we are back. You know this is my favorite part. Before we get to that, though, membership has its privileges. Why don't you go ahead and become a member of TYT? We need you. We need independent media now more than ever. So become a member of TYT, and you see all those beautiful, the beautiful shows, the Damage Report with John, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Richie, Unbossed with. That woman named Nina Turner. The watch list with J.R. Jackson, the Young Turks with Anna and Jink, and then bonus episodes. Become a member. We need you so that we can continue to do what we do. Now, unboss video on demand. Whenever you miss us live, baby, you can do the video on demand. Go ahead and send these links to your people. We need more people to watch us via video on demand. Put that smartphone up there right now. And so just in case if you can't watch us live for the remainder of the show, you can come back and catch us. And then why don't you go ahead and share that love with your friends and your frenemies. And you also catch us on a on podcast wherever you get your podcast, be it Apple, Spotify, Google. Go ahead. Listen and give us five stars. We need those five stars. They mean a lot to us. Now to the comments. We're gonna start off with our TYT members, Mountain Dragon. Hello, Mountain Dragon. Big hello to the wonderful TYT family and the beautiful and powerful Senator Turner and Sharon Reed. Had to take some time off of the news, but I'm so glad to be back with my favorite community. All the love to the best family in the world. Thank you, Mountain Dragon. We certainly understand what it means to want to take a break from the news. We appreciate you, darling. Cheesecake Brownie. Now, Cheesecake Brownie, why are you gonna do this to me knowing I got a sweet tooth right about now? Cheesecake Brownie, if Feinstein's family thinks they are doing her a favor, they are wrong. This is bringing her deficiencies to the public eye, which is really cruel. I agree with you, Cheesecake Brownie. I mean, for the love of everything. Please, I just want to say to my family, if it ever gets to that point, please don't let me do that. Please don't let me do that. All right, to Twitch, Hunger Games, Congress barely worse as it is. Hunger Games, you got that. You got that right, baby. Barely worse as it is. And Hoover, hey, Hoover. Who at nearly 90 years old insists on sharing the same breathing space as Jim Jordan? Hoover, you know you're wrong, baby. Ted Cruz, George Santos, yeah. and Mitch McConnell. We buried the leads, and that's enough to send me home, okay? I wouldn't come back at all. I forgot about that. How could you forget? <laughs> Excellent point. We did bury the lead. Yeah. A neoliberal capitalist, that's who retired Diane 
Go enjoy fresh air on the California beaches. Hoover, you know you wrong. You know you wrong, baby, today. You, woo, we. Let me try to recover. On YouTube, Super Chat, Donald, the dynamic duo with a whole bunch of exclamation points. He is, I mean, Donald is referring to none other than Sharon Reed and Nina Turner, dynamic duo. We appreciate that, baby, and we receive it. And then Sun Queen, hello, Sun Queen. Man, Barbara Lee could be in the seat making moves, but instead, Feinstein won't make it happen. You know what? You know what, Sun Queen? Okay, you're gonna get me to toss some papers on that. You absolutely, you absolutely right on that one, baby. Thank you so much. Listen, each and every one of y'all did that thing today. We do appreciate you, Sherry. You know, I use I'm usually throwing my papers for bad things, but I'm throwing them papers up in the air to let us let us all everybody know. Art, the people who made comments today, they were all the way on the money. We appreciate you so very much. All right, we're going to our next story. Like Trump, like Biden, I want you to watch this from the 2020 presidential debates. This is the first president in the history of the United States of America that's anybody seeking asylum has to do it in another country. That's never happened before in America. That's never happened before in America. You come to the United States and you make your case that I seek asylum based on the following, on the following premise, why I deserve it under American law. Oh, I sigh deeply. Almost three years later, President Biden is pulling the same nonsense as President Donald J. Trump did, baby. The twins, the twins, that's what they are in this case. You cannot make this up. The Biden administration is set to dramatically limit asylum in the wake of the expiration of Title 42, rolling out a new rule Wednesday that mirrors a Trump era policy requiring migrants to first seek and be denied asylum in another country before attempting to do so in the United States. His reporting is coming from the Hill. The rule comes as Title 42, which allows for rapid expulsion of migrants without letting them seek asylum will expire on Thursday. Now critics say the plan mimics the so-called transit ban put in place and later struck down in court under the Trump administration. They also point out that it reverses rhetoric, keyword rhetoric, underline it, underscore, bold it, exclamation point, message in a bottle on a train. Okay, I ain't said that in a long time, y'all. <laughs> you know, it, 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 the rhetoric President Biden rolled out during his campaign. Y'all just heard the man, and you saw him if you were watching and listening. Come down on Donald J. Trump during the debates of 2020, but my, 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 oh my, oh my, 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 have things changed. Now, former HUD Secretary Julian Castro tweeted his disdain directly quoting Biden from the debates in 2020. And this is Julian's tweet. This is the first president in the history of the United States of America that says anybody seeking asylum has to do it in another country. Today with his new asylum rule, Biden becomes the second president. Broken promises, you better go ahead on Julian Castro and make that plain. Now the immigration system is broken and Many administrations have just passed the buck and so have many Congresses. Make up your mind, what are the rules? What are going to be the rules of engagement in this country? And then damn it, stick with the rules. The system is no doubt broken. So I'm not saying that it is broken, but it is the height of hypocrisy, Sharon. For this then candidate in 2022, fix his mouth as my grandmother would say, <laughs> to say all that nonsense he was talking and then through actions do the exact same thing. And I mean the exact same thing as the person he was criticizing. Your thoughts, Sharon? Well, well yeah, it's the, it's a book I think about, don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. My Orcus was actually in front of the media today saying things like, well, we're gonna do this in a humane fashion. And keeping with American values, and sadly, these are lately American values, longstanding, I should say, American values to treat people in this inhumane way. Because last I checked, you could still separate children from families. You could still, it's very arbitrary. This doesn't look right, we'll separate this one and that one. But you're right, okay? And, and kudos for that statement from a former member of the administration, okay? To tell it 
like it is and look you not through social media, but he's laid eyes squarely on the president and the policies. Yeah, he did. That really happens because people are scared to speak up. You know, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yep. So I'm I'm with you, Shane. I'm so glad he he did that. And the ACLU has is getting involved too. They successfully tra- challenged President Donald J. Trump's policy, which the Biden administration knows. And this is what the ACLU had to say. President Biden just ushered in a new period of immense suffering for people already enduring violence and persecution. He has closed off the possibility of asylum in the United States to the majority of people seeking safety. In contradiction with our nation's laws and values. In doing so, he is finishing Trump's job rather than fulfilling his own campaign promises. Please team, put that up. Put Sharon back up side by side with me. I need to parse this out just a little bit. So this is coming from Jonathan Blazer, the ACLU Director of Border Strategies. Now Jonathan said, President Biden just ushered in a new period of immense suffering for people already enduring violence and persecution. He has closed off the possibility of asylum in the United States, the majority of people seeking safety in contradiction with our nation's laws and values. Now, I got a problem sharing probably no surprise to you with the value part. Definitely in contradiction with the laws. That's why this president and this Congress need to make up their minds about what the laws are gonna be, what the rules of engagement are gonna be, and we should follow them. Like whatever y'all gonna decide they're gonna be, let's follow them because the United States of America as a sovereign nation does have the right to make its rules, all right? So we need to, what are the rules? That's number one. But when Jonathan lost me on the values because this, what, what President Biden is doing, what President Donald J. Trump has done, what subsequent you know, other previous administrations have done. If we go all the way back in time, this is very much in keeping with the values of this country. I mean, the way that our Haitian sisters and brothers are treated much differently than other folks. Hello, somebody. And as I have traveled this country, I can tell you that immigrants, black immigrants from other countries have pulled me to the side time and time again to remind me that they are treated differently. So I understand what Jonathan is saying, Sharon, but now I'm 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 stoked now because this move by this president and the past president and subsequent I mean presidents before that, this is very much in keeping with the value system of this country. I wish it was not so, but it is. No, it is so. You're spot on again, Senator, and you're looking at a reporter who cut her teeth down in Miami. So I definitely know what's going on here depending on the hue of your skin, okay? When you cross the border or hop on a raft and try to just get to a better life and less political persecution or worse violence, this is what happened. And I'm waiting to see people on horseback. All right, they're gonna round up people on horseback. We'll, we'll see about that as well, but they're not gonna do anything because they wanna keep this thing real vague, Senator. Because when it's vague, we can kinda just do what we wanna do depending on the mood we're in or whatever we need that day. So they're gonna keep it real vague. Yeah, that they are. And you brought, you bringing, you really getting me riled up about that horseback because that's what they did to our Haitian sister, sisters and brothers and, and family and friends. Absolutely disgusting. There is a double standard within the immigration you know, uh, uh, the, the, the immigration uh, frame, let me put it that way, for immigrants, as Sharon laid out, who meet a certain hue. And it very much mirrors the discrimination and anti-blackness that goes along with just being a plain old black American. But I digress, you know, I'm gonna keep coming back to these issues. We're gonna keep you educated and keep you thinking on this show. Now Biden has touted himself as the answer to Trump. He said it was why he ran in the first place. Yet, here we are, America. And how could we forget President Biden's outpacing of Trump on drilling, which should have been national news, but it wasn't. Federal data shows the Biden administration approved 6,430 permits for oil and gas drilling on public lands, which the man said he wasn't gonna do in the first two years, outpacing the Trump administration's 6,172 drill permit approvals in its first two years. This is coming from the Center for Biological Diversity. It's looking like 
we're headed for a repeat of 2020. And what we're being offered is two sides of the same coin. So what I want neoliberals to understand, now if it was wrong when Trump did it, then it's wrong when Biden does it. Sisters and brothers, family and friends, good old fashioned Americans, don't be hypocrites on this. If you're standing up for the issue, then it's wrong no matter who's doing it. Now, if you're standing up for a personality, then you're gonna make excuses when your personality is doing it. But if it's about the issue, whatever the issue is, then you must come to the conclusion that President Joseph R. Biden is doing the exactly same thing that President Donald J. Trump did. And if you thought what Trump did was wrong, then baby, you best believe that what President Biden is doing wrong. Now that's if you believe that. Now, if you didn't believe that, you okay. But I'm I'm not talking to anybody viewing this show. I'm talking about the hypocrites, particularly in the neoliberal house of the Democratic Party. That's who I'm talking about. Stay tuned, we're gonna keep you posted. America, make up your mind. Congress, do something about immigration and let's just go ahead and follow the rules that we putting in place. Shall we? Can we just do that? Oh Lord, I got to throw a piece of paper. Here we go. CNN gives Trump the megaphone. Last night, CNN let President Donald J. Trump take the stage for a town hall where he lied about the 2020 election as he has continued to do. And the E. Jean Carroll civil case against him, take a look. Can you publicly acknowledge that you did lose the 2020 election? Let me, let me just go on. If you look at True the Vote, they found millions of votes on camera, on government cameras where uh, they were stuffing ballot boxes. So with all of that, I think it's a shame that what happened, I think it's a very sad thing for our country. I think it's a very sad thing, frankly, for the world. Because who was at the Capitol that day, as you know, was your vice president, Mike Pence, who says that you endangered his life on that day. I don't do think he feel, was in any danger. Mr. President, do you feel that you owe him an apology? No, because he did something wrong. He should have put the votes back to the state legislatures, and I think we would have had a different outcome. What kind of a woman meets somebody and brings him up, and within minutes, you're playing hanky-panky in a dressing room, okay? <laughs> I don't know if he was, he was married then or not. John Johnson, I feel sorry for you, John Mr. Johnson. Mr. President, can I? Can no, but I think, ask you this? think of it. Lord have mercy. Given that this is Donald Trump and all the lies, the hate all around, staying staying on our nation and his administration was, and, and many were upset with CNN for giving the former president this kind of platform. And here's a screen grab in case you want the shorthand recap of what President Donald J. Trump said. Trump's comments, he continued attacks on the 2020 election, calling it a shame and rigged. He said E. Jean Carroll's civil rape trial was a fake story, referred to her as a whack job, called moderator Caitlin Collins a nasty person, complimented Russian President Vladimir Putin, calling him a smart guy, refused to side with Ukraine, defended keeping classified documents at Mar Largo, said he had every right to do it. Push Republicans to default if they don't get massive cuts on debt ceiling deal, knowing the hell rain fire that will happen to this country. And lastly, said he was inclined to pardon some January 6 rioters. This cheat sheet, if you will, this snapshot is coming from MSNBC. Various critics from Congresswoman Ocasio Cortez to Joe Scarborough voice their displeasure with CNN for allowing Trump to spew his repeatedly debunked lies. Take a look at this. No surprises, and yet it was just, it was a disgraceful performance. This isn't Putin's Russia, this is Trump's slice of America. And what I saw last night, at least, was as chilling as anything. I've seen on television since January the 6th. I, I know you said earlier that you will not comment on the platforming of um, such atrocious disinformation, but I would. I think it was a profoundly irresponsible decision. I don't think that it would, I would be doing my job if I did not say that. Um, and what we saw tonight was a series of extremely irresponsible decisions that put a sexual abuse victim at risk. That put that person at risk in front of a national audience, and I could not have disagreed with it more. It was shameful. Well, indeed, your thoughts, Sharon.
it looked like Senator Kim Jong Un production. It looked like mm. Kim Jong Un was the executive producer. It was propaganda in the highest form. I thought I heard a laugh track. I know the audience that was a, that was rigged. The audience yeah. was rigged in Trump's favor. Okay, it was so disgusting, and I kept thinking to myself, well, this program's not going to wrap up. It's going to drop off, go to black any second, because I thought all those anonymous sources inside CNN who were just so upset with Don Lemon, the the accused misogynist, right? They they were so upset and they just couldn't work around a, a misogynist who's terrible to women, and yet. Five seconds after he's minted a sexual abuser and he owes him by $5 million, he might have to pay her too. And the point you made about Don Lemon, Lord have mercy. You know, and Don was challenging somebody, you know, this this dude who gonna tell a black man when and where and how black people got free in this country. I mean, he, he, he dressed that dude down and it was very curious to me shortly after that. He's fired on top of everything else that you just said about them saying that he's misogynist and all of that. But they ain't got a problem. You know why? Because Donald J. Trump drives ratings. Let's just get to the bottom of this. Whether you love him or hate him, the man is a ratings magnet. So we just gonna put that out there. And that is why he got so much earned media. That's the term we use in the business when he ran in 2016, like billions of dollars worth of it because he drives ratings. And some of these folks are more concerned with that than they are about making sure that the American people get the truth. That That's the facts. And so whether it's CNN or MSNBC or Fox, you name it. Donald J. Trump is a money making machine for these major networks. Now that's, that's, that's the truth right there. Now CNN has long warned us about the dangers of Trump, even after his presidency. Yet at a time when he's perhaps maybe the most dangerous, knowing full well what they were getting into, they give this man the megaphone. Now Mehdi Hassan of MSNBC wrote an op-ed after the town hall, and this is what Mehdi put out there. They learned nothing. And forgotten nothing. These famous words have been attributed to the 19th century French diplomat Talleyrand, supposedly in reference to the Bourbon dynasty that replaced Napoleon. But he could have been referring to CNN in the age of Donald Trump. Woo, we, Medi. Now, looking back on the 2016 election, the network's former chief, Jeff Zucker, admitted. That it was a mistake for CNN to have run Trump's rally, Trump rallies, live and uninterrupted, and to have allowed him to say outrageous things or say things that weren't true. This is Medi continuing. Yet Wednesday night, seven years on from the car crash coverage, CNN and CEO Chris Light offered the twice impeached and newly indicted ex-president who was also found liable of defamation and sexual abuse just this week. Another live primetime platform to once again say outrageous things or say things that weren't true. And let's look at this headline, or no, sorry, let's go to this last point from Medi. Sorry, but as predicted, this was a clear win for Trump. He felt no pressure and conceded nothing. He was welcomed on the CNN to address an audience of non-Republicans watching at home and an audience of lower Republicans sitting in the hall, Sharon called that out, in New Hampshire, win-win. And CNN top executives defended the town hall. Check out this headline, no surprise there. CNN defends Trump town hall after massive backlash, tough, fair, and revealing. Network insists even event demonstrated its quote responsibility to hold the powerful to account. What's there to reveal? How was it tough? I mean, Trump is uh, Trump. Trump is aligned in that in that atmosphere. They they, you know what? We just done with sharing. We just said everything we we done had to say about this. They did it, and uh, that's what it is. I don't know if they care about the backlash or not. Oh, I got sigh deeply. Let's go ahead on Mother Viola Ford Fletcher. Now, Mother Viola Ford Fletcher is 109 years old. May 10th was her birthday. And this is important because she is 109 years old. And it's extra important because she is one of the three last 
known living survivors of the 1921 Tulsa race massacre, AKA Black Wall Street. She survived amongst the last known survivors of the 1921 Tulsa race massacre is Mother Viola Fletcher. She is 109 years old as of Wednesday. Uh, Leslie Randall, 107, and Hughes Van Ellis, who is actually her brother. And here they are from last year after receiving a million dollar donation from a New York philanthropist. And guess what? It shouldn't take philanthropy for these elders. They should be getting the money from the city of Tulsa and the state of Oklahoma and the federal government. But there they are in all of their glory. They were just babies, little kids when this happened. Now here's a little bit of the backstory. During the Tulsa race massacre, which occurred over 18 hours from May 31st to June 1st in 1921, a white mob attacked black residents, homes and businesses in the predominantly black Greenwood neighborhood of Tulsa, Oklahoma. The event remains one of the worst incidents of racial violence in US history and for a period remained one of the least known. News reports were largely squelched, we still do that here today, despite the fact that hundreds of people were killed and thousands left homeless. This information is backdrop in history coming from history.com. Now mother Leslie Benningfield Randall's 108 and uncle Reed Hughes Van Ellis. They all filed a lawsuit together along with mother Ford Fletcher. And instead of working to right a wrong, instead of working to make a crooked path straight, the city of Tulsa is working against the plaintiffs. This headline right here. On survivor's 109th birthday, and that is mother Viola Ford Fletcher, city tries to dismiss Tulsa massacre suit. I mean, the nerve of these fools. Fletcher, 109, mother Leslie Benningfield Randall, 108, and uncle Reed Hughes Van Ellis, 102, are plaintiffs in a lawsuit seeking restitution for the destruction of over 35 square blocks of the Greenwood District. Home to the original Black Wall Street and the killing of hundreds of black men, women, and children. Now, we need to push Sharon up and put that, keep that up. Now, see, America, sisters, brothers, family, friends, when I tell you that these types of behaviors and activities are very much a part of who America is. Now, America is some other things too. But when people start throwing up this ain't American value sharing, this is another example while it gets my blood boiling. Because it is unfortunately part of American values, especially when it comes to black folks. Your thoughts, Sharon? Mother Fletcher, the others, are, they represent love, inspiration, resilience. And to show you how strong of an institution white privilege is, remember, this was city sanctioned mass murder. That's what it's called, mass murder that the city of Tulsa sanctioned. And they are still not willing, not willing to release hold of these victims yes. and pay the money. Restore something here, some humanity. Yeah, It's as disgusting today as the crime committed a hundred and some years ago. It's awful. There they want to outlast them, Senator. Yeah, they I mean, outlast them. how much more do they got to live? They all done hit over a hundred. I mean, how much more do they have to do? And it should be noted that these three survivors, they did testify before Congress and not a damn thing has been done. Let's put up this headline. The city failed us, Tulsa massacre survivor descendants appealed to Congress and not a damn thing happened. They snapped pictures and hee hee and ha ha, but nothing happened. This was not the first time the Congressional Committee held hearings about the massacre. Many congressional representatives referenced a 2007 hearing which featured the testimony of one of the great historians, John Hope Franklin. Check a listen to what Mother Fletcher had to say in 2021. My name is Viola Ford Fletcher. I'm the daughter of Lucinda Ellis and John Wesley Ford of Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm the sister of Hughes Van Ellis, who is also here today. I'm a survivor of the Tulsa Race Massacre. 
Two weeks ago, I celebrated my 107th birthday. <laughs> Today, I'm visiting Washington, D.C. for the first time in my life. I'm here seeking justice, and I'm asking my country to acknowledge what happened in Tulsa in 1921. That's Mother Fletcher. She said, I'm asking my country to acknowledge what happened in 1921. Also note, just put Sharon up with me too, we're gonna roll through this fast. She also noted, it was not lost on me that she said this was her first time to Washington. She's well over 100 years old and that was her first time to Washington, DC. Are y'all picking up on that? So when we talk about history, some folks Sharon act like it's ancient history. This country is over, you know, is, is still an infant historically compared to other other uh, nations, we, we just got started. So this is not ancient history, this is right now history. And these three elders are still walking the face of the earth. Now Oklahoma State Rep and survivor Regina Goodwin made a most salient point about historian John Hope Franklin's comments and the need of the hour. And this is what the state rep said. She said, Mr. Franklin spent his whole life fighting for justice. Reparations are due, restoration is due, restitution is due. We've got three great examples staring us in the face, crying out for justice. All we have to do is answer. Again, that state rep Regina Goodwin, who is also a survivor, descendants of survivors. This reporting is coming from the Black Wall Street Times. Your thoughts on this, Sharon Reed. Where's the money? Mm. Where's the money? You're right, it's not that long ago. They can trace the money. The insurance companies, remember they denied all those claims? Except for right. the white person who said, "Oh, my guns were stolen. They, they right. paid out that claim. These insurance companies still exist. Yeah, Where's do. the money? And you can trace it all, Senator, you're right. Yeah. Horrible. Horrible. And these same insurance companies talking about them, we can go back even further. They pay slave owners for their loss of chattel, chattel slavery, that type of property. Because that's all black folks, property. These same insurance companies still exist to this very day. The best birthday present for mother Viola Ford Fletcher would be for the city of Tulsa, the state of Oklahoma and the federal government to pay up. As Sharon Reed said, where is the money? All right, or to quote you know, from, a, from a good movie, show me the money. Cuba Gooden Jr. said that, show me the money, show them the money. All right, we're gonna keep you informed. You need to be outraged. If you are not outraged about something, baby, you are not breathing. Thank you so much for joining us today. And always, always having Sharon Reed as my co-host is a stone cold blast. You know what I want you to do right about this time. I want you to keep the faith always, always, always never lose it. But with that faith, baby, faith, we got to have all kinds of fight until next time. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.